the Miami Dolphins scored 70 points against the Denver Broncos. And after the game, Mike McDaniel described his star quarterback, Tua Tungavailoa, as the best learner he's been around. Are you and I learners? Do we continue to learn and grow in life, in faith? Let's unpack it. This is the Unpacking It podcast, where we relate big sports stories to life and biblical truths. Our mission is to challenge, encourage, and inspire you to follow Jesus and become more like him with sports conversations that truly matter. That's what I'm talking about! Coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey, I just want to thank you guys one last time for being here. It's the best day ever. Here is the president of Unpacking It Ministries, Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack parallels, metaphors, and topics in sports that relate to life and faith. I'm Bryce Johnson, joined by Luke Heaton today. He is back, and on today's episode, we are unpacking the historic performance by the Miami Dolphins. I don't think you can talk about it enough. 70 points in the NFL? Are you kidding me? Well, I want to hone in on Tua Tungavailoa and just sort of what's been going on with him the last couple of years and the way that that his head coach describes him and, and some of those characteristics, how that can be implemented into our own lives. And so I think we'll be encouraged and challenged uh, by, by interesting comments describing Tua uh, today. You can check out our website, unpackingit.com. Uh, be sure to subscribe to our devotional. Goes out through email Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So check that out. You can also email me anytime, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Love hearing from you. And I do want to thank our sponsor, Sugar Creek Coffee. I decided to bring the bag of coffee today. So the, all the coffee has been poured out. I use a nice little you know container to keep it, keep it fresh. Uh, but I can smell. Ah, oh, I can smell the Sugar Creek coffee right here in the studio. You can check out the beautiful bag. It's orange. I got the early bird. It's a specialty blend. East and Central Africa. It's a light roast. It's fresh. It's roasted coffee. Check out SugarCreekCoffee.com to get your own bag of coffee. Get a couple bags while you're there and use the promo code UNPACK. So SugarCreekCoffee.com. Use the promo code UNPACK. You'll save some money and you will enjoy the delicious coffee from just outside of Charlotte here. Uh, it's fantastic. So this one, this uh, little early bird, citrus, milk, chocolate, bright. That's the the cupping flavor notes. How fantastic does that sound? It is. It's good. I had it this morning. So uh, I drink my coffee before the day, and then I'm, I'm kind of done for the day. Uh, but so we're doing the show after, after I've finished my coffee. So it's always important to get going for the day and, and then to be able to set me up. It's kind of a performance enhancer, if you will, uh, here on the show. So uh, So there you go. All right. So. Uh, we appreciate Sugar Creek Coffee, and today, man, we got to talk a little little NFL before we get going. So let's say hello to Luke because my Carolina Panthers are 0-3. So before we talk about how great an offense looks with the Miami Dolphins, <laughs> I got to just acknowledge the, the Panthers' season is off to a very rough start. Not, not totally surprising, but it's been disappointing, and I am on record as saying I, I just don't see it with Bryce Young. I know it's only been a couple games for him, but I think Andy Dalton going out there playing much better. The offense looked a little bit better. You actually saw you know, Adam Thielen light it up, who also played pretty well with, with Bryce Young last week. But uh, I, I'm, 
I would rather see Andy Dalton out there. That that's just me. Um, but it's going to be a long, tough season for for our Panthers. Uh, for you, Luke, welcome back. You were loving life for a couple weeks. The Cowboys were the talk of the NFL, dominating defensive performances, and then this this little engine that could the Arizona Cardinals, who have just been playing teams tough. They've got a bunch of random, just veteran guys just playing hard. They knock yep. off your Cowboys. What in the world? Yikes. I mean, yikes. It's 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 not good. Um yeah, I'm I'm not necessarily the biggest Stephen A. Smith fan in regards to general, you know, national sports talk guys. They don't really know what's going on in local teams, the the ins and outs, but true. He is right when he's been saying all season long. It doesn't matter how good this Cowboys team looks. It's going to live and die by Dak Prescott. And he is, you know, a a B-level quarterback, which means some weeks he's going to be fantastic, and other weeks it's going to be grim. And this this week was, was grim. Not good. So the defense is still, you know, fantastic. Losing digs to an ACL is tough, but... To think that this Cowboys team could be three and two after five weeks, after winning forty to zero, thirty to ten, with the Patriots next week, and then the Niners week five. If we beat the Patriots, lose the Niners, we're three and two. How does this Cowboys team go from winning forty to zero to a three and two record after five? Long season, but discouraging Sunday performance. Yeah, you can't lose to Arizona. I going into the season, I was like total dumpster fire. Arizona, they're horrible. Joshua Dobbs is taking advantage of this opportunity. I thought that was a joke when they traded for him. I mean, I was like, what do you mean? But he's looked great. He's played well they, yeah. through three weeks. They have been a very solid NFL team, and they finally mm-hmm. got a win. So so good for them. I, I appreciate when teams yeah. play kind of beyond maybe their talent or on the surface what their roster looks like. The players are fired up. Uh, you, the energy on the field, it, it's cool to see that Though there's this narrative about Arizona, which is probably mostly true, the players are fighting for everything, which Absolutely. is awesome. I will agree really quickly, though, with your Andy Dalton take. Obviously, he's the better quarterback currently. He's better than Bryce Young now. No question about it. It's just, are you willing to... What's the strategy to developing Bryce Young? Let him sit or just have an insufferable season and let him figure it out? The... Because for sure, Andy Dalton's better than him objectively right now. Yes. So it's tough because I, I'm just looking at it from a fan's perspective. I, I don't see it with Bryce Young. I don't think he's the answer. I don't think he's going to be the franchise quarterback. It's very disappointing after two games oh, wow. to make that conclusion. Uh, well, I thought that going into the draft. I wanted C.J. Stroud. So, And I was on an island with this. That's right. And I was fighting against Panthers fans about this. And so I continue to do that. And it's not like, oh, I want to be right. It's just I wasn't able I, – I, couldn't see it with my eyes and I still haven't seen it. So until Bryce young convinces me, um, I'm I'm just not there. So I like to win games when I turn on my team and I watch them, I want to win games. So if Andy Dalton gives us the best chance to win, I prefer that. But I also understand there is a bigger picture. You you invested in, 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 in Bryce young, you got to give him a shot. And you know, the New York jets are still hanging on to Zach Wilson and they're being stubborn about that too. Um, So we'll see if that continues. Disappointed. His take is Zach Wilson should never play for the Jets again. And Who's he's that? Gonna, Greeny has been oh, saying. Green. Well, so is Joe Namath. That, so. that, well, yeah. It, it, Greeny's point was if Zach Wilson keeps playing, he's going to fracture the locker room because 
they already were out on him last season. And if yep. he keeps playing, that, that locker room is going to be done. Got Yeah, the players, no. So I'll be curious, kind of with the Panthers, do they get behind Bryce Young and say, hey, we'll, we'll grow, we're, you know, we'll, we see it, we'll, we'll work with you. But yeah, once you know it, like with the Jets, you know it. Zach Wilson doesn't have it. Doesn't have it. Oh, but if you're Adam uh, Thielen sure for the Panthers, don't you want Dalton throwing to you? If you're Adam Thielen, for huge sure. day. Yes. And he, I mean, yeah. it's not like he has many more years left. No, no. Yeah, especially, yeah, being kind of the number one guy there. So, um, so anyways, we, we had to talk about our teams a little bit, but the, the, the talk of the, the Sunday games has to be the Miami Dolphins. We're all still unbelievable. <laughs> and, and, and so it's just, it was, it felt like every time a player touched the ball, they were gone for a touchdown. I mean, to score at that rate and then to really be able to pull your starters even in the fourth quarter. I don't understand it because watching Chiefs Bears, Chiefs are up either 31 or 34 0 at halftime. Ooh. And they didn't even sniff 70 points. How do you score 70? When's the last time we even saw 60? I remember oh. telling a buddy, uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, Dolphins have 60 points. He's like, wait, what? And I checked a few minutes later. Wait, they have 70 points? How do you even do that? It it is absolutely outrageous. But you know what? I you know what I I came across on Twitter. The CBS Sports put this out there. Did you see this? That through the first three weeks of the season for Tua Tungavailoa, last year and this year, three game sample size, the exact record three and L, the completions seventy two of one hundred one, seventy two of one hundred one, passing touchdown interceptions, uh, touchdown interception ratio eight and two, the exact same numbers no. through three games. <laughs> I mean, it's outrageous. So That's impossible. Not only did they put up 70 points, they scored, you know, they threw for total yardage over 700 yards. And he did this last year combined, you know, three weeks in a row, because we can't forget Dolphins were the talk of the town last year, too. Yep. It, you know, through the first couple of weeks mm. and then the injury concerns. And so that's what I want to talk about today because the jury is out. Will we see the Dolphins continue down this path? Will they? have a strong season. They did sneak into the playoffs last year, but over the years, they've also gotten off to hot starts and have faded in, in years past. And so will this year be different? Well, one thing that gives me optimism and hope for Tua, if you're a Tua fan, I, I, I find myself rooting for him at this point. I never was on the bandwagon, but if this is, if this, this is fun for NFL fans, it's oh, fantasy yeah. too. points, so, points and points. I mean, you just can't you, you can't beat it. But but here's what Coach Mike McDaniel, who another guy I've come around on. I mean, I totally wrote this guy off. It's very it was not very nice to look at the guy. And go, ah, how is he going to be a head coach? Can he really command the locker room? But man, he does. He does. He's got it. Yeah, he, he does. To be able to even if it's only one game, to be able to ever accomplish seventy points in one game, oh, you got to be a really good coach. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> Against. Not necessarily a laughing stock of the NFL. I mean, Denver's been known for their defense the past few years, too. Not anymore. Not, not, not anymore. anymore. That defense, I don't know what to say about that, but that's a whole other story. Um, I almost found myself coming around on Sean Payton after I saw the Kevin James movie. I finally uh, yeah. watched it. Oh, you finally about did. A month ago. Yeah. I finally did. I liked, good, I actually liked it. Good cameo. Um, yeah, I thought, I was like, oh, man, do I actually like Sean Payton? I liked him a little bit on TV last year, but my, my Panther blood still when he of course was he was with the saints yeah i, I can't say i i'm not I, i'm happy i'm happy to see some of the the early struggles the humility 
the you know if Denver was on the other side of that, yeah. I'm okay. Especially I'm after okay. he he dogged the previous coach. Yes, yes. I thought that was a low blow. He's eating his words now. Goodness. It's pretty good. Um, so anyway, so Mike McDaniel, this is what he said about Tua after the game. He's like the most coachable, best learner that I've ever been around. And he goes, everything that happens, you guys, have you heard adversity is an opportunity? Yeah, well, that's how he looks at it. So McDaniel talking about Tua. Um, so I love that. He's coachable. He's a learner. And adversity is an opportunity and and then he goes on to say it's hard uh, mcdaniel it's hard to get better continually because it's exhausting and you just want to feel like man i've arrived that's not him that's why we'll continue to see a better version of him as he progresses and so tua is he's still a young quarterback and he's getting better um in some ways okay he put up the exact same numbers last year so is he better Here's the key. He's learning how to fall. Mm-hmm. He's learning how to take the hits differently. And we'll see if this plays out. But I was reading an article or saw this on theathletic.com where this offseason, Tua learned jujitsu. Jujitsu? Jujitsu. 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 JJ. Jujitsu. So you got it. Um, anyway, so he's learning how to take hits and fall by learning the techniques that people learn in jiu-jitsu. Um, <laughs> bless you. Got some allergies today. Um, so, uh, but, but I just, I appreciate that, that he's willing to, to, to learn. Obviously, last year with the concussions, we saw it. It was awful. Yeah. National TV. And, and that limited what he was able to do. So what do you do? You go into the offseason. How do I get better? Okay, I've got a lot of the talent. I got a big arm. I, got, I can play. I can run. Yep. I got to learn how to take hits. Yeah, And so that's what he's doing. And so the idea that he's a learner, and then also uh, Mike McDaniel mentioned how last week against New England, Tua threw a, a, a pass into coverage, a tight coverage, not a great decision, and he had an open running back that he should have thrown to, checked down to. This week against Denver, he learned, and he made the check down instead of throwing it into tight coverage. And, and McDaniel was explaining it was kind of a similar play, and, and he learned, made the right decision. And so I love it. I appreciate it. And, and I think Tua, I've been out on him. I'm coming around that, man, he keeps learning, growing. He's as dangerous as any quarterback. And then with, with McDaniel, with this offense, they didn't even have Jalen Waddle, but your, your boy, uh, a chain, baby, a chain. Let's oh, go. I mean, that was, I remember I, I looked at the stats and I, wow, a chain dominant game. He must've, he must've, uh, gotten all the carries. Look at Mostert. Both had four touchdowns. Like, okay. okay. Everyone was eating this game. No, A-Chain's a beast. He's He basically was the entire A&M offense last season, so I'm glad that he's actually having a chance to to show who he is because I didn't hear any chatter about him coming into the season. And finally, he showed how good he is. Yes, he was awesome. Now, the, the big debate, though, because I've been talking about this the last couple of weeks, is it Bijan or Bijan Robinson for the Falcons? And I, I watched uh, during preseason that actually his mom wants him to be his, named him Bijan. Okay. Okay. But I heard this week Bijan wants to be called Bijan and he doesn't care. He goes, Bijan, Bijan. Yeah. My original name is Bijan, but call me Bijan. So anyway, now I heard yesterday that Devon Achan 
not a chain. It's a chan, a chan, a chan. Devon a chan. I never. So, I exclusively heard a chain from yeah. fans, broadcasters. Every yep. time he carried the ball at AM was a chain. Interesting. Very confusing. Difficult last Very, name, regardless. It's no jazitsu, but man, it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's tricky. So anyway, we're trying to learn our pronunciations today. Well, McDaniel didn't even say his last name, and uh, it was so funny. He was talking about other players, first and last name, first and last name. And he goes, yeah, and you know, Devon had a really good game. He didn't even bother with the last name. <laughs> It's very confusing. I still haven't figured out if it's Kamara or Kamara. So uh, he's been in the league how many years? Um, so anyway, but but the point today is we, we want to talk about learning. What what is we're learning? We're learning how to pronunciate today. But but what does it mean for you know a quarterback to to be a learner? Because we see this all the time in sports. Guys come out, they're awesome first year, and then they never get better. Mm-hmm. They just they they kind of they peak and. Their career doesn't necessarily extend, but the players that that are learners, I think of LeBron. Like LeBron always learned a new skill to add to his repertoire, and that's why he's lasted as long as he has at such yep. an elite level. Yep. And and so to hear Tua be described as one of the best learners that McDaniel's has been around, that sets him up to continue to get better, continue to grow. And it seems obvious. It's like, well, of course, you got to learn and, and grow and get better, but not everybody does. No, not, not everyone does athlete. it. Yep. Not every athlete does. They think they're fine. They go, I've arrived. I'm good. I got this figured out. I've got yep. all the answers. And so when it comes to life and, and more specifically our, our faith journey as followers of Jesus, the question is, are we learners? And are we continuing to grow and, and, and learn and understand? And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about wisdom. And so are we learning wisdom and, and, and gaining wisdom? But, but here are a couple of questions to consider today. Do we learn from mistakes? Do we view adversity as an opportunity to learn? Do we learn from coaches? Do we learn from studying? Do we learn from asking questions? Do we learn from God's word? And and are we learners or do we think that we've arrived and and have all the answers? And so, so many different scriptures to throw at you today. And I I, I had to even pick between (laughs) many that are throughout the Bible because it's it's there. So here's here's a few Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 12, 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Proverbs 10, 17, amplified. He who learns from instruction and correction is on the right path of life. And for others, his example is a path toward wisdom and blessing. But he who ignores and refuses correction goes off course. And for others, his example is a path toward sin and ruin. And so we have this choice between being prideful and foolish or having that desire to get better continually and always be learning. And, and so again, Proverbs 18, 15, intelligent people are always ready to learn. Their ears are open for knowledge. Proverbs 9, 9, give instruction to a wise man and he will still be wiser. He will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase in learning. And so are, are we learning? Or do we only learn in, in elementary school? Or do we keep learning in middle school, high school, college? And then, oh, I'm, I'm done with school. I no longer learn. Well, no, we want to continue to be learners. And same with it, within our faith. It's like, oh, yeah, I've, I've read the Bible one time. Uh, okay, well, are you continuing to study God's Word and continuing to learn more and more about what His Word says? And then, you know, I think this conversation, I'll let you jump in here, Luke. You know, also just the, the, the idea, too, 
are we more focused about learning our favorite teams and and learning about the players that we watch and and so are we is our mind filled with knowledge that ultimately doesn't really matter or are we learning true knowledge and wisdom like we talked about a few weeks ago that actually matters that actually affects our lives that helps us live a better way ultimately mm-hmm. god's way um so yeah what what is our what kind of learning are we doing too is also a question to consider, but, but go yeah. ahead, Luke, what are your thoughts on this? So many different directions you could go because there's practical, you know, what's the be- things that we should be learning? How do we learn? Um, so I'll just start with this, just to the, the foundational, one of the foundational aspects of this conversation, I think is as a Christian, we ought to be learners primarily of learning the person of Jesus and I read a Desiring God article, and it's, you know, being a lifelong learner as a Christian is not primarily learning facts and insights and information, mm. but it's learning a face. Uh, I think the, the thing was, it's not learning facts, but it's learning a face, the face of Jesus. And when mm. we're connected to Christ, and we are sons or daughters of God, we have a our life now, part of sanctification is learning more and more about the Son of God, learning Mm. more and more about the triune God, Father, Son, Spirit. And I think a big question is, what does it say about us if we aren't learners? Now, what we're not talking about is how much information you know, but do you have a pattern of learning? Are you desiring to learn from the Word of God? Are you desiring to learn more and more about the Son of God? who we are connected to, that it's a huge doctrine in the New Testament, is united to Christ. We're connected to Him. We're connected to God who knows all things. So I, I think it's, it's an important question is, what does it say about us if we, if we aren't learners, if we're not learning more and more about Jesus? I think that show, that, 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 could, that could reveal some problematic things about our hearts. Yeah, because if we feel like our our faith is stagnant, our life is stagnant, well, let's consider, are we learning? And then, of course, what goes along with learning is growing. And so, yeah, you're you're right where we can't just learn facts and information and then it just kind of sits there. It's, It's learning in a way that's actually changing us. And ultimately, God's the one that changes us and transforms us. But but it happens as we as we learn that that ignites that that type of transformation and um, and so we, we, you know, just relate it to relationships in, in our, in our life. You, you learn how your wife works and how she thinks. And, and the more time you spend and, and you're actually like, I got to learn my wife a little bit. That's a good, that's a good, that's a good side marriage advice for us today to yeah. consider. Um, and so are we learning, okay, what is the character of God? Who, who is Jesus really? Let me learn this. And then as we learn that we understand his character, well, then that, changes how we think, our perspective, our attitudes, our behavior, all of that. The more that we learn and understand yeah. and gain that knowledge and wisdom, and that affects the way we live. Yeah, um, I, I want to read this quote really quick because that's exactly uh, it, it's great what you're saying because the reality is our identity as Christians should dictate how we live. Like the the Christian life isn't just doing or do, and doing and doing and doing, but it's rather sitting and being. It's resting in our identity, and then that dictates how we live. 
Uh, so this quote from the Desiring God article, he said, the heart of lifelong learning that is explicitly Christian is not merely digging deeper in the seemingly bottomless store of information there is to learn about the world and humanity and history, but mm. plunging into the infinite flood of Christ's love. So what are we primarily learning? It's stepping into learning more and more about Christ's love for us, that the Father sent the Son, and by the power of the Spirit, we are made new creations through faith and repentance in the Son. And as we learn more and more about Christ's love for us, now that dictates the way we live, because now we we trust our identity more. We know, like you said, the character of God more. It leads to different living and to faithful living. Rather than, oh, I'm just wanting to accumulate all this information, uh, which is just a, a meaningless pursuit. If it's not grounded in, first, am I learning more as much as I can about how much God loves me in Christ? That sets the tone for then lifelong learning in other areas. Amen. And and as we you know compare compare this to a quarterback like Tua Tungavailoa being a learner, well, then there's evidence that He's getting better. So he's learning and he's getting better. And there's this continual, uh, the quote that McDaniel used was get better continually. Um, And so is that true in our lives or are we getting better and not just, you know, uh, yeah, what does that mean? Okay, well, are we learning the ways of Jesus and learning the lifestyle of Jesus? How did Jesus live and how did, and what does he call us into the life being like Jesus. Are mm-hmm. we becoming more and more like Jesus? And so that is continually getting better because who's the best? Jesus. Mm-hmm. We want to become better. We want to become more like him, more like the, the character of him. And so how do we become more like him? Well, we become more like him by knowing him and, and we actually get better from him. So mm-hmm. him in us, with us, us learning, listening, and and, and implementing what we're, what we're learning and allowing him to transform us. Um, and, and so the other key thing to this is part of that quote earlier about Tua is how exhausting it is to always get better as a quarterback. And of course, I would imagine that is. Think about going to all those jiu-jitsu practices and all that. How many times can I say jiu-jitsu today? That was your best pronunciation um, right there. It's your best one. It's coming. It's coming. I'm learning. Getting better. Learning. You're learning. <laughs> that's right. But, but that's hard. That's exhausting. Yeah. But, but here's the thing. There is a, an element that, yeah, it's tough to be disciplined in spiritual practices and to commit and, and, and all that kind of thing, for sure. But here, here's the other part. It's not exhausting when we're truly resting in Jesus. Yes. And, and you, you talked about, too, where, yeah, it's not just, oh, I got to be better. I got to be, do this, do that. No, 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 no. Here's what Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 says in the Amplified. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, following me as my disciple, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest, renewal, blessed, quiet for your souls. So that's what we're invited into, mm-hmm. the life of Jesus, the, the pattern of Jesus, the ways of Jesus. He is the way, the truth, the life. But the ways that he you know, teaches us, are we yep. learning that? And so if we're caught up and we're exhausted all the time trying to live for Jesus, we're missing it. Yeah, And I'm, I'm guilty oh. of that. I'm absolutely guilty of that. But, but here's what he said, just I'm, I'm gentle and humble. You'll find rest for your soul. So when we're at rest, that's getting better. Mm-hmm. That's becoming more like Jesus. Yeah. Um, so that's a whole, oh, that's a, probably spent a whole show on that. But. <clears throat> yeah, it's a great point because it, it, it's, it's, it's a, 
almost nuanced. Like our, our purpose in life isn't to live for Jesus as, as the foundation. It's to rest in who we are in him. Mm. What flows out of that is living for Jesus. But if our, if our number one is, I need to go live for Jesus, I need to go live for Christ, like you're saying, well, it's exhausting. We can't possibly do that in our own, because often it's in our own strength. Rather I gotta get better. Than, I gotta get better. Yes, rather than who does God say I am, I have peace with God. I'm no longer an enemy of God. I have peace with God through Christ. Who does he say I am? Now, out of this, now I know how to live. And that, that's, that's the order of operations rather than I just got to go do, 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 do. That's so exhausting. I got to get better. I got to get better. No, you don't. Rest in who God says you are. Learn from him. Rest in him. Enjoy him. And what comes out of that is sanctification, is becoming more like Christ. It right. is the, 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 the easy yoke rather than, hey, there's this huge standard. All right, go get after it. You got a lot to get better at. No, that's, that's not what the gospel says. The gospel is Jesus did, did that on our behalf. Now it's resting in that. And over time, the Spirit's sanctifying us, not in our own strength. Yes. And, and I think most people would say, do you want to become a better version of yourself? Like that's kind of a, you know, catchphrase. And, and that's what Mike McDaniel talked about Tua, becoming a better version of himself. And yeah, we want to become a better version of ourselves. But apart from Jesus and apart from a desire to learn from him and him helping us to become a better version, we're, we're missing it. And, and because it's not, it's not soul level. It's not, it's not deep character level. Um, it's more surface level. Oh, I'm, I'm a little bit better here, a little bit better there. Um, but when we're talking about, yeah, a true heart change, a true in, you know, inside out type yeah, of change. Our desires are changing. Yeah, we're not just, it's not just behavior modification because right. I think all of us in fighting sin have tried to just do pursue behavior modification. I know I have for sure. Mm -hmm. Let me clean up the outside. To make the outside look better, but my heart is just still aching, has a lot of evil, wicked desires. Behavior modification does not last. And again, that's related to, all right, I better go do, I better go do, I better become more like Christ. A lot of that just becomes behavior modification rather than, okay, what's really going on inside? Because the Spirit changes our desires. I think of sins I used to desire that I don't anymore, or at least I don't as often, that's what this, that's the spirit doing a work on my heart. That's me learning from God and him mm. changing me from the inside, which then changes the outside rather than, all right, let me just go clean up my behavior. And I don't really need to worry about my heart still desires those things, but I'll be fine. Not, not in the long run. No, no. And so I, I wrote this, I'll just read this just to kind of sum it up today. Let's be encouraged to learn God's word and be eager to learn what it means to follow Jesus in every area of our lives, when we do, we'll progress into becoming a better version of ourselves because we're more like him. And so also as we earnestly seek God, adversity becomes another opportunity for us to grow and learn. Mm -hmm. So we learn from adversity. We learn from mistakes too, because if we're continuing to make the same mistakes over and over, we're not learning. And so it's learning the ways of Jesus. It's resting in him. And then it's allowing him to show us, okay, here's what we can learn from this mistake. Back to Tua. All right, here's the interception. Here's what you learned. All right, here, here's adversity. He, he, here's, how, here, here's what we're learning. 
about God, about his character, but then also usually we learn about things in our lives that, that need to change and, and, and the ways of the principles of God and the principles of his word. Sometimes yeah. that bubbles up in adversity um, as well. So uh, learning, uh, yeah. the, the learning opportunities are all around us. Are we embracing them? And a, a slight tangent to the conversation, I just want to bring this up just practically. Christians, so we, we've, we've, we've talked about learning, especially, you know, learning God, his love for us. But just practically, Christians should be learners of history, hobbies, talent, skills. Like, if you think about it, we are the ones who are connected to the one true God, who knows all. Mm-hmm. I was talking to a buddy in college, it's a fascinating conversation on when we're learning something, in a way we're connected to God because that's something he already knows. Mm-hmm. We're connected to the one true God who, in his creativity, in his knowledge, in his perfect wisdom and power, he created everything. Christians should be learners, new skills, new hobbies. And again, not because that's the end goal. That's right. But they're not self-glorifying. Look at me accumulating this knowledge. But no, I'm connected to the one true God who knows all. He's given me a mind to steward. I should be continually learning. I think practically for me, like there's things in my life I want to step into and learn more. And I, I think there's there's hurdles at Again, for me, there's often a fear of learning something new because it's, I don't want to look like a fool. I don't want to step into something new because I don't know how to do it. I think it's a, a problem for a lot of guys because they, we don't, we don't want to step into something we don't know how to do. We're comfortable staying in the fields that we already know about rather than stepping in and learning something new. But there is fruit in, we should be continually challenging our minds to learn new things because we're connected to God who knows all things and he's given us minds to steward. So, you know, financial literacy or uh, more books to read, history, learning a new hobby. These are, these are good things to do to make a practice of learning in general. Again, it's not foundational because foundational is learning Christ's love for us, but still like it's not an excuse to just not be learners of life. That's right. Absolutely. I, I, curiosity is another, you know, way to look at that. Ask questions, learn, learn about people, you know, be interested in other people and, and learn how things work and, and, you know, how, to, how, yeah, history that, that kind of points to and helps us understand kind of what's going on now. And okay, what, what did work then? What didn't work then? And okay, all of that factors into being effective in, in life for mm-hmm. God. Yeah. But the more we learn and understand just even even kind of the yeah how how things work I think it helps us too. And and talk about learning, you know, new skills and hobbies and all that kind of thing, especially when it's it's gifts that God actually gave us yeah. that we just never pursued. Mm-hmm. Like what if I have the gift of playing the piano? Well, I got to learn the piano first. So, <laughs> anyway, it's always in the back of my mind. But but no, it's just some of those things and then you use those gifts for God's glory, for totally. his purposes. 100%. But we have to learn those things. Yeah. Um and be interested in those things. Ah, I don't want to spend the time. Ah, to your point, I don't want to fail. No, let's be learners. Let's be those types yeah. of people. And so. one last thing. I, I was I forget which article I was reading. This is a huge problem in our society today is we're so quick to mindless entertainment, which is the antithesis to learning. Just a practical challenge. When you find yourself this week drifting towards just mindless entertainment, pick something five or ten minutes a day to learn a new skill or read about something you don't know about rather than just a yeah. oh, long work day. I'm just going to turn my mind off and just stare at a screen. No, 
Well, pick something to to engage your mind and learn. Because again, we're connected to the Father who knows all. We we cool. we have, especially by the power of the Spirit, to be lifelong learners of this world that God has made. Uh, but in in our culture today, with how easy how easily accessible entertainment is, oh, it's so easy to just turn our brains off. It's like oh long day. I'm just going to stare at a screen. And basically from 6 PM to the next day, my mind is off. No, that's, that's, that shouldn't be a pattern every single day. Yeah. To learn things kind of outside of maybe your day-to-day work, work type of stuff, but also mm-hmm. being a learner at work can, can be helpful and yeah. you have more of an impact. You're more effective. And so, but again, not at the expense of what's most important. Mm-hmm. Are we learners? Are we learning the ways of God, the, the ways that his word, um, and learning what it means to really rest in him and to rest in that love. So that's the challenge for us today. Good stuff from Luke. Uh, great to be with you here on the Unpacking It podcast. And way to go, Dolphins. Way to beat those Broncos, 70 to 50. And so we'll, we'll continue to see how Tua, does he get better? Does he continue to grow? Uh, how does this jiu-jitsu help him uh, avoid, you know, the injuries and, and learning how to fall? And that's a whole other topic we could have talked about, too. What does it look like to understand how to fall well and get back up with with God's help and strength and perseverance and all that kind of thing, too? So it's a whole nother topic. But uh, anyway, thanks for being with us. For Luke, I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin, who's resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast.